Welcome to the Revenue Marketing Report powered by Caliber Mind. This is the podcast for B2B marketers looking to uplevel their skills to succeed in leadership. I'm your host, Kamala Thompson, and today I am joined by Z Jeremick. Z, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, hi, everyone. My name is Z Jeremick. I am the CEO of Mass Engines. Uh, we are a RevOps and Demand Gen agency. I've been in this space for, I feel like, for about 15 years and absolutely loving it. All right. Let's crack into today's topic, which is the gold standard for KPIs. You want to start with maybe why this is so hard to make a blanket statement about? Is that a good place to start? Yes. I mean, I think again, everybody, everybody, everybody wants a shortcut. Everybody wants the definition, right? Because we just want to get our job done. We don't, nobody wants to spend months exploring the nuances and evolving a model. Like you just want to like, tell me what I should do. And I want to know though, that it's the right thing to do. And when it comes to attribution, it's really important to understand, again, we're kind of at the dawn of this discipline and 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 there's a result it's it's evolving and uh i don't think that there's any uh consensus uh on kpis or even some i guess especially once you start looking at more advanced attributions such as like multi-touch attribution there's a there's a number of models that have been proposed that are being utilized but there is zero consensus on which one is better than the other because there is no model that's better than the other because there's just not enough data, not enough experience. And again, all this is imperfect. So it goes back to that thing, well, what are you trying to do? And then one model would be probably a little better than, than the other. So it's the same idea there. I think there's a tendency for everyone just wants a shortcut and a solution to baked. But when you're talking about a rapidly evolving discipline that is at, still at the very beginning, it's uh, even to talk about best practices is a bit of a stretch. It just comes down to what have people done that seems to make sense to you based on what you've seen and heard. Start there and kind of evolve it yourself. And like we are doing here, share along the way with others so we can all improve together as a as as a as a as a team. Well, for those of you listening in, you probably can't hear my head rattling as I nod. Hopefully, but. Wow. Yes, I agree. And even within attribution, within those models, which touch points we do or don't include is completely non-standard and and dependent on what the business or people are motivated to see, let's say. Um, so I agree. It's It's so hard to define a gold standard, especially when we consider that different budgets and maturity, data maturity specifically, not necessarily the maturity of the company, varies so much. Um, but I, I think there are some statements we can make. Oh, I would be okay, before anybody drops, let me let me make some very definitive statements. I have very strong opinions myself on what the KPI should be. Um, so again, while again, there was a little bit of a what they call a safe harbor statement there around the realities of this discipline and where it is. I, you know, again, I've been doing this for a long time. I have very, I have a lot of experience and very strong opinions. So, in my view, there's three core KPIs. If you want to really do this well, there's three core KPIs you should be looking at. And again, I would always start with revenue, revenue attribution, connect to pipeline at least. But honestly, once you connect to pipeline, you're kind of connect to revenue in the first place. So. 
you you have like ROI is a no brainer to me. Like it's it with all of the coaching and everything that goes into it, it's not perfect. There's there's dragons there, but connect to the ROI. Uh, so I would say absolutely ROI. I would say the conversion ratios uh, of of your leads as they flow through the funnel. And again, you look at any organization. Once you get to opportunities, the conversion ratios are very well known in every single organization because every organization does forecasting based on those conversion ratios of the opportunities. But you move beyond the opportunities, like the leads in 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 your in your with your sales reps, or God forbid, like you know, prospects or suspects in the marketing side. And there's no stages. There's no reporting. Um, I strongly believe that bringing the discipline of opportunity, measuring opportunity conversions further up the funnel um, is absolutely, an, I think, an essential KPI in measuring the effectiveness of different types of marketing investments and campaigns. Because again, going back to feel what we said yesterday, the certain marketing campaigns are not about revenue. It's about moving someone. It's one of those early touches about to, about to get someone interested. So being able to quantify conversions through the funnel, I think is, is absolutely essential. And I think the third one would have to be velocity because again, there's certain things that we as marketers and every marketer who's been doing this for a while knows this, that one good campaign can make a world of difference and you go, you know, you go back to the, the Draper, right? Of uh, you know, of, you know the, the magical era of marketing. Um, no, a good campaign can make a huge impact. So being able to quantify velocity of the funnel can also help us quantify how different campaigns and different marketing investments are helping to move leads through the funnel. And obviously, the longer the sales cycle, the more relevant that is, right? If you have a sales cycle that's less than three months. Yeah, that may not be a priority for you. Again, it goes along the lines of what you said, Kamala. KPIs can differ. We tend to work with companies that have sales cycles of longer than six months, six, nine, 12, 18 months. Velocity makes a huge difference in measuring velocity. So I would say those are my three go-tos, revenue, conversion, and velocity. Oh, How about you? Wow. Wow. No, I, I, it's very similar. So what I think is important to state, though, is you naturally started with revenue. And that is the thing that the business cares about the most. And what frustrates me a lot about a lot of board decks I've seen and steps I've seen marketers take in the boardroom is too often they start with the top of the funnel and move through when everyone cares about why we did or didn't hit our number and what we're going to do differently first and foremost. So the order is brilliant at minimum. And I don't care what kind of attribution you use. I don't even care if you don't use attribution. At minimum, you need to say, here's bookings, here's what we did to impact it, um, and here's what we're going to be doing differently to to do it even better. It's just, an, I wish more people would internalize that and and run with that first. It's it's evolving. It's It's getting there. I hope so. I hope so. Um, I agree with you, though, knowing conversion rates, knowing velocity. The one thing I would caution, though, and I've fallen into this trap myself as a marketer, is noticing big variations in conversion and velocity and not starting with what you can control and what you can do differently and, and saying, this is obviously a problem with our sellers. 
It's not a good look. It's not a good look. Don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> no, but this is great, right? Because I feel like you, you just, um, you just kind of jump to the next phase. Cause once you have some of this data, then it becomes the curl question. What do you do with it? How do you interpret it? And how do you put it into action? I, lo I love the, 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 I feel like the caution that you shared from your own experience, start with your team, start with what you control. Um, and, you know, I almost kind of feel like that's the right place to start. And when you're looking at other teams, look more to, I think, to, to sh share and engage, to learn rather than to deflect the cues and shift. Or at least have a private conversation with that leader alone instead of doing it in front of everybody. Another thing I liked about what you said is that in focusing on these specific metrics, you're coaching your team to also focus on some really important things. And I noticed a huge difference in my team's behavior when we moved from measuring MQL volume to pipeline, what they optimized for changed. And that's magic. That's, that's really exciting. I love that you brought in. I mean, that you know, I feel like in a number of our ebooks, we literally stamped that quote from Peter Drucker is that you can't manage what you can't measure. Or, you know, you have to, like if so you have to measure. And so this is exactly what you just said. So many marketing teams at best man, uh, man measure and therefore manage number of leads. What ends up happening is that you have the wrong incentive because now anyone that fogs a mirror becomes a lead because you're measuring yourself on how many leads you create. And, you know, and that, that oftentimes leads to disappointment and trouble down the funnel because now a sales team starts ignoring your leads because they recognize that most of the leads are junk. They're cold leads. They're leads, but they're cold. They're not ready for a conversation. That doesn't help sales team at all. And so, and once you get the disengaged sales team, now even your good leads are going to get deprioritized. And that is a recipe for death or, Okay, that's a strong statement. That's a recipe for challenges moving forward when it comes to investing time into gen into generating leads that are then are not always followed up on. And I feel like that is kind of the bane of every marketer, knowing that you worked so hard in a campaign and then learning later only one third of the leads got followed up on rather than all of them. I don't think you overstepped or stated that too strongly given our tenure for the CMO. Um, and I think part of what's at the heart of that is not understanding that a savvy CEO with their eyes on the right thing will care much less about missing an MQL number if you knocked pipeline out of the park. We need to understand like what they prioritize if we can get more efficient and produce more with less everyone wins. They love that. So don't be afraid to, you know, boldly state, yeah, we, we missed this number, but look at conversion rates are way up. That's a great story. Tell it. I love it. See, and that's exactly why we'd like to focus on conversions because again, like when things are good, it's always good. Great. The sales team is doing an amazing job. When things are bad, it's always marketing isn't doing such a good job. Therefore we're suffering. So the, uh, the, some of these KPIs that we're talking about here help provide a little more nuance to that conversation and help direct both how marketing invests their budget and in terms of how the 
the message can get socialized around what is the contribution of marketing to the organization, the organizational growth and or challenges. Right. And you don't need a really complex multi-touch attribution model to figure out these things. You could rely on a last touch model and look at what they did immediately before converting into an opportunity and still get a really good idea of how effectively sales is executing on the leads. Of course, always focus on what you can control and make sure you understand how your mix or use of channels is impacting that conversion rate. Because I think we can't miss that. I absolutely, I love, I love what you just said. I do want to touch on what we call vanity metrics really quickly, because I think some super, super seed early stage, that's kind of all they can get to. And, and these quote unquote vanity metrics are going to be important for different marketing functions over all time. But why do you think that people call them vanity metrics to begin with? I mean, I'll give you my my, re, my unvarnished uh, read on it. I mean, they're vanity metrics because they're not meaningful to the business, right? They're meaningful to a specific stakeholder or, or leader. And I also think it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a diss, but I would argue it's become a more rightful diss as time has gone on because there are a lot better metrics to measure. And so it's almost like calling them vanity metrics ends up kind of being a diss. Like, yeah, you know, you're, I know we know you're measuring what you can measure, what you're used to measuring, but they're vanity metrics because they're not really telling you really what's going on in the business or how this is moving the needle forward. And, or they're tech giving you a very incomplete picture. So I mean, that's kind of my view on it. And, and I, I think there is a, there is room for vanity metrics. I think that, it's what's important is to recognize they have a, a place, but it cannot, they can't be the only thing we're looking at. I mean, that I think what most people would say are vanity metrics, I think in today's day and age would be like, again, if you're doing email marketing, it would be op op email opens or email clicks. If you're doing ads, it would be impressions or clicks. Again, all of these things are actually valuable things to understand and measure, but they can't they're, they're only a part of the picture. You have to look at the bigger picture. Email opens are a factor of two things, deliverability and subject lines. And more than often than not, it's the subject line that drives the email opens. As long as your deliverability is decent, it's going to be the subject line. Email clicks is the same. It's, it's the, the design layout of your email and more importantly, the positioning and of your call to action, your CTA. So these things are actually very important to measure, but they're tactical. So what you really want to be looking at, and that's why that some people call them vanity metrics, when people use these metrics as the only metrics your whole department's reporting on, well, that is a vanity metric because it, it rightfully belongs on like level three or four of a reporting hierarchy that your department should have. Right. And to your point, it's just spot on. We have to keep in mind what the board and the CEO cares most about, which is really can we raise our next round? And if you focus your reporting to support that top concern, you're probably not going to have website information in there. Yeah, because no, exactly. And again, and even if when you look into larger companies, it's not about raising the next round. It's about meeting the analyst's expectations or even, even more so the expectations the company itself has set. So, and yeah, you're right. You know, again, website visits are a vanity metric they're useful to the webmaster and or 
the folks who are responsible for 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 the website. But when you look at the bigger bigger business, bigger picture of the business, it is a vanity metric, and it's not a metric that you should use to gauge the effectiveness of the corporation to sell the product. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the last point for me on this one is. One mistake I see a lot I would encourage people to avoid is to consistently report on the same metrics quarter over quarter and to show a trend, good or bad, because if you just report on your initiatives, you look like you're hiding something, whether you are or not. Yeah, I I love it. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that over time, what's going to happen is that it's not, you know, you can do month to month and you can do quarter to quarter, then you can do year over year then you can do year over year comparisons. And now you can really start painting a bigger picture around what impact you as a leader is making on the organization because you're gonna have the story to tell around how the different initiatives and the performance of your department has contributed and has driven the performance of the organization. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and I love how reporting over time, you're also building that muscle to recognize patterns and anomalies And you can start to speak to, is this a seasonal trend or is this something special and unique that's happening because of X, Y, and Z? Exactly. And that's why it's so important. Once you have enough data, you start doing your your comparisons. So we're not comparing this quarter to to last quarter. We're comparing this quarter to this quarter last year to this quarter two years ago. And now you can really see, again, taking seasonality of, and every business has certain types of seasonalities in it. And you can take that out and you can actually compare apples to apples. Z, is there anything else you'd like to add? Oh, it's a great conversation. I, I, again, I just think that this is a discipline that's rapidly evolving. And I would encourage everyone to keep an open mind and explore what's possible and share, share with everybody else, because we're, I think we're all learning as we go. Ah, I love it. Thank you for sticking with us all three days. And just thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. Z, where can people find you online to, to network? Thanks, Kamala. Um, I find LinkedIn is the place where most uh, professionals hang out these days. You can find me on LinkedIn, Jeremy McZee, or you can uh, find me on our website, massengines.com. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the Revenue Marketing Report. Please tell two friends, subscribe, download, whatever you can helps. And for those of you looking for more great content like this, check out calibervine.com. <laughs>